This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Ready, you, Beth. <laughs> Beth Thomas was just six years old when her deep blue eyes shocked American society after this documentary about her life was broadcasted on television. Undaunted and bored, Beth recounted how she tried to murder her younger brother when she was going to kill her parents and why she had stolen knives from the family kitchen. Despite her short life, she had suffered brutal abuse from her biological father. The girl had been diagnosed with Reactive Attachment Disorder, RAD, a condition in which young children fail to establish healthy bonds with their parents or caregivers due to extreme abuse. Her signs of psychopathy had been developed as a form of self-defense against the outside world. Beth Thomas was adopted at 19 months old, along with their 7-month-old brother Jonathan by Tim and Julie, a conservative American couple who had been married for 12 years but were unable to have children of their own. Although Tim mentioned not needing children to make their lives complete, they decided to venture into adoption as a means of sharing and transmitting the completeness. Julie seemed more excited about the idea of adoption and mentioned that it was a dream shared by both. Finally, in 1984, they were notified of the availability of adoption of Beth and Jonathan. They were surprised by the speed of the process and they were told that they were normal and healthy as if they were children without a past, like two blank books. Later, they obtained information regarding the living conditions that both children had before their adoption and discovered that the children lived in a despicable environment. Both showed signs of having been mistreated and abandoned, and their food and hygiene conditions were precarious. Beth showed signs of having been sexually abused by her father and could spend a whole day alone with a box of cereal to eat. Jonathan lived reclining in a crib surrounded by urine and dirty diapers, and his head was misshapen from having spent so much time in the same pose. While his back was completely flat, his forehead had bumps. The boy was seven months old and the lack of stimulation had affected his abilities. He could not raise his head or turn around. After a short time, they noticed that Beth began to show aggressive and sexual behaviors that were gradually increasing, mainly directed towards her brother, but also towards her adoptive parents and domestic animals through hitting, kicking, the use of pins to prick them, pinching her brother's genitals, self-injurious genital masturbation in public places and confessions about wanting to kill Jonathan, Tim, and Julie. When they were overwhelmed by this situation, they decided to take Beth to Dr. Ken Maggot, a clinical psychologist specializing in abused children, who conducted this interview with Beth, presented in the video when she was six and a half years old. Who's afraid of you, Beth? John. Your brother. And what is your brother, why is your brother afraid of you? Because I hurt him so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what, at nighttime, what do your parents do to your door? Lock it shut. Mm, why do they lock it shut? Because they don't want me to hurt John. Right. And they're kind of afraid of, of hurting John? Of you hurting John? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are they afraid that you might hurt them? Yep. During the session with the therapist, Beth was distant and jaded. She seemed destined to be a murderer and lacking any ounce of empathy. Would you, Beth? Mm-hmm. When would you do it? Nighttime. Okay. Why would you do nighttime? Because I don't like them seeing me go up. But they can tell me to work. Mm -hmm. And what would you do to him, Beth? Stab him. Okay. What would you stab him with? A knife. Do you ever stick pins in people? Mm -hmm. Who? My brother. Okay. Do you do it a little bit or 
A lot. A lot? Okay. And what are you trying to do to your brother? Oh, um, Why do you want your brother to die? Because I was hurt so bad, and I don't want to be around people. Okay. Who else would you like to stick pins into? Mommy and Daddy. What would you like to have happen to them? All right. Well, <laughs> that, was a, that was a dramatic way to start uh, this episode of the Collective Resistance. Um, and what was that that we listened to? So that was a video that came up in my feed when we were exploring. We want to explore the topic of good or bad, good or evil, right and wrong. Right and wrong. This episode, and it's an extremely difficult uh, topic we have found to talk about and I watched the video and learned about this little girl's story and how she actually was a severely abused as an infant basically from zero to one she lost her mother at one years old and was left with her biological father which um, sexually abused her and neglected her and she became a child according to the documentary um, that had no empathy basically no ability to um, trust or relate to other people or have attachment with other people and her adoptive parents when they adopted uh, them they had no idea you know, her and the little boy adopted her in 19 months and the little boy seven months. They had no idea what they had gone through and through her behavior, she was exhibiting basically extremely aggressive behavior for a toddler and a child. Um, they decided to dig in. They were curious to understand why is this child behaving this way? So instead of writing her off completely, they decided to actually ask for help. So, and that reminded me of, you know, the, what was it? The super criminal bill or what was? Oh, the super predator bill. So, super predator bill that was passed. Back in the 90s. Back in the by, 90s. By uh, now President Joe Biden. Yes, which put a lot of, you know, children into, behind bars. Yeah. And not really inspecting why is this happening to these children and basically punish them. Some of them, you know, are still in jail to this day, you know, for life. And they have severe mental problems that nobody has ever really um, cared to inspect. Why did they turn into this person? Well, luckily for this little girl, the parents did decide to investigate and they were able to find tools to help her. And I think the last update they had in the in the video, which we'll uh, link in the show notes, is that she was um, completely um, completely recovered. I don't know, but she healed. She healed from that trauma, and she was able to finally be able to establish relationships with people. And she's now a nurse, and she has a family of her own, and. The reason really that I thought that video was important was because here we were just discussing about the World Economic Forum and we're discussing about, you know, what if someone breaks into your house and steals all your stuff? Or what if there are murderers? We had some chats in our Telegram group. If yeah. you want to join the conversation. Join us on Telegram at the Collective Resistance Podcast. And we were talking about Gates and Fauci. And I'm not giving excuses for these people and the terrible things that they do at the expense of, you know, all of us <laughs> to make money and to hurt people. Uh, but I'm just saying they could have been that child that was severely abused. And there's many of these children at the end of this this video in particular they said they had in the statistics of course i didn't check that out but the statistics was that there is a, a million children a year uh, worldwide that go through that type of abuse and 
we don't know how many of these children are actually getting help or getting um, understanding or getting love or getting compassion. Because if you notice at the end of the, the video, she, the, the psychologist asks, why do you want them? Why do you want to kill them? And she's like, well, because I'm bad and I don't want to be around people. So at that age, at six and a half, she had the awareness or the belief that she was bad. And so if I could just get rid of the people that are around me, then I wouldn't have to deal with myself or whatever. I mean, that's maybe an assumption. but Yeah. Uh, that was kind of part of what I got out of that. But yeah, no, it's, it's very powerful. Obviously, they throw in that ominous music. <laughs> it's like, come on, okay? It's already bad enough. We don't need the music. But um, So putting in the perspective, you had some questions there, right? Well, to inspect. Yeah, because we, we, we kind of have a few different topics that came up. A diff- few different situations, situations, but around the same topic, are good versus evil, of right versus wrong. When is it right? When is it wrong? Is it right or wrong? Is it what we want? Is it what we don't want? What is it? Yeah, well, and we were debating, you know, in all transparency, we... we this is kind of our second go through mm-hmm. on recording this because uh, we were having some, or I was—I'll just say I was having some problems, just just yeah. formulating my thoughts. I never have any problems. You never have any problems, man. You just like a lawnmower, just go right <laughs> um, And so I was like, you know, I want to re-record it. Just it's just not crisp. My thoughts are not crisp, and I don't know if I can if I can uh, crispitize them right now <laughs> either. But um, you know, we wanted to talk about good versus bad in the labeling. Um, and I think that what we what we kind of figured out in that first recording we went through, at least I figured this out, is like, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about recently, we've been talking about religion a little bit, you know, specifically like the Bible and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And um, it's it's kind of interesting. I think we sit in, a, in, a, in an interesting area. And again, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we are spiritual, but we are not religious. I don't should we even put labels like the belief that I have at this moment is that or the belief that I go to this my go-to belief for feeling love and compassion in my heart is everyone's doing the best that they can and there is a uh, divine design to everything that happens in this physical experience we're having on this realm planet realm flat or round or oblong. Or Good Lord, don't go there, please. No. Um, but, you know, I'm just saying that because at the end of the day, do I know Bill Gates? I don't. Do I know Fauci? I don't. Do I know Klaus? And I know we're making fun of them last, last episode. But at the end of the day, we don't know them personally. We don't even know. They might not even be human. <laughs> Who knows? Or maybe they were this child. It's a good point. That just didn't get the help. And and I remember when we watched that the first time, and I was like, okay, so how are you relating that to good and bad? Because God, that seems bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, but I think at the end of the day, it just goes back to how you feel. So I have this belief, and it might totally be off. It's my belief that how how you feel on the inside actually reflects on the outside. Yeah. No, so I, when I, you I, I feel like you're having your your day just starts bad in the in the wrong you you slept wrong, you know, it's just a bad day. Just bad things keep happening. Like some people say it comes in threes, right? I was we were even debating a little bit about throughout all the seasons, I think. You know, the vaccine injury that our oldest child went through. Was that good? Was that bad? Was that right? Was that wrong? Where are we at? How much have we grown or remember from it? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, right? And and it, it's a fantastic example, you know, without going into all the gory details. But I mean, we... I mean, I think we can honestly say, we don't know how things would have worked out, but I mean, we could probably honestly say there's a 
98% chance we wouldn't be sitting here recording podcasts mm-hmm. had we not had a vaccine. It injury. would be business as usual. Business as usual. We, we, we would have just drank a pitcher of Kool-Aid and we would have... Uh, <laughs> dinner at McDonald's. Dinner at McDonald's and we'd be living in uh, suburbia, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and not, not to judge anyone that, that's in that. I mean, I think... Uh, you're where you need to be yeah. at, at any given point in time, yeah. but but I mean, but for us in our experience, we learned that that was not the right place for us. Yeah, it was not the right life. We needed to go find something different, do something different. And and it wasn't even a a good or bad thing. And I think that's the the topic we're, we're talking about mm-hmm. is is good and bad is or even right and wrong is a label. And we're trying to kind of expand the conversation a little bit more to, you know, is this what I want or what I don't want? You know, and, and, and uh, what I talked about the first time we recorded it through, just to briefly go through, is that, you know, we did a lot of learning around the uh, experience we went through through recovering from autism. There was an awakening. There was an awakening. And, and so... Through the vaccine injury. Uh, a, big injury. Part, a big part of that was, you know, inspecting belief structures. And uh, uh, again, without spending a ton of time on that, because I think that was part of where we got bogged down the first time mm-hmm. we recorded, you know, I, I think what doesn't happen in a lot of belief systems is that there is no inspection of the belief the belief and um people don't don't even realize i i would dare to say that most people in the planet right now do not know there is a belief between something that happens to you in your response Right. They they think that, that the the response just has to be it, it's like a reflex mm-hmm. and uh it may feel that way, but there's all there's there's a choice being made. Mm-hmm. It's just happening so fast because you've trained that pathway and you've marked it in your head indelibly. Um And in the case of this video we just this clip we just um played, the belief this little girl was the situation she was put in is she was uh, uh, she went through extreme abuse and then she came up with the belief that she was bad and therefore her response was I'm going to get rid of everybody that's around me so I don't have to maybe face that belief yeah and so she's she's a, a very extreme case but I mean like you said I mean there can be a lot of people that are in the world today that we're encountering that you know have gone through maybe lesser traumas but of similar nature and mm-hmm. and those have impacted those have and I created... mean and that is even subjective what is a extreme trauma versus a lighter trauma you know sure, for some sure. people a light a light trauma for me but it might be extreme Trauma for someone else. That's very true. And then we could talk. So let's talk about the war because then we go into this. Now we have to fight over everything. <laughs> yeah. So well, well, you you had had that that email from that. I don't know how you yeah you want to describe the. How about we play that clip first, a short clip, and then we can talk about the email and. All right. This give was people the, some uh, perspective. This clip was from the uh, World Economic Forum, wasn't it? It was, and it was, I think her name is Ursula. Do you know who that is? I don't. Well, we can we'll I'll put it, link in, the it in the show notes. Okay, but, but anyways, it was, she was one well. of the EU leaders. All right, here she is. Ukraine must win this war. And Putin's aggression must be a strategic failure. So we will do everything we can to help Ukrainians prevail and retake the future into their hands. For the first time in history, the European Union is providing military aid to country under attack. We are mobilizing our full economic power. Our sanctions and the self-sanctionings of companies themselves are draining Russia's economy and thus draining the Kremlin's war machine. So you heard her speak. She, she has a lot of must, a lot of mm-hmm. definitive statements, right, that these mm-hmm. things happen. She got, it's a belief cluster bomb going on there yes. with Ursula or whatever her name is. But uh-huh. um, And she is 
as you can see, she's on the side of Ukraine. So the World Economic Forum and the war machine is back in Ukraine and kind of shunning Russia. Which, by the way, something interesting I learned uh, this week in a uh, investigative journalism piece, just to note it, I thought it was important, mm-hmm. is that um, you know you have politicians that go to the World Economic Forum, you have corporate leaders, and you have um, uh, influencer celebrities. Oh. Yes, so you have those three groups. Mm-hmm. Only one of those groups pays for the Economic Forum. Do you know which group that is? It is the corporations. Oh. So 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 everyone else attends for free. I mean, I'm sure they have to cover their travel there, but I mean they don't have to pay anything. I think it's between sixty and six hundred thousand dollars the different sponsorships that the companies pay. But but think about that for a minute. The only one who's really paying are the corporations. So they're just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. There's no lobbying mechanism in there. You know, I mean, give me a break. This is, this, this, I just beliefs, thought that was beliefs, a little beliefs. bit, a little nutty. Um, so anyway, you, you then had an interesting follow-up mm-hmm. with another, um, it was like an email, wasn't it? Yeah. So I belong to a group as a spiritual group of energy healing, let's put it that way, uh, where we actually get together, or there's a core group that gets together, and I used to be part of this. It was kind of church for me, where we would get together and we work on patterns of different issues around the world that we deem to be issues, like drought in California or fires in Australia or conflict. So because I belong to this group, I got an email this morning that was a post by someone in the group. And so the group has been working um, with Ukraine and the pattern of Ukraine and the suffering that's happening in Ukraine. So the post went a little bit like this. It is with deep gratitude in my heart for the many souls working together in the radiant blessing that I share these thoughts. Yesterday, as I completed my time of blessing towards the Ukraine, I noted that our beautiful 10-inch tall beeswax candle had burned completely down into its holder. Time to get another. I saw this finally as a sign that it might be time to refresh and renew our ceremony. As I saw my initial candle born into its cradle, I was reminded that thoughts of blessing and thanksgiving for everything in our lives provides a vibration of light into the rest of the world. I do not take for granted the blessing that are mine, safety, shelter, comfort, and beautiful woods, free of bombs and devastation. This level of thankfulness is already a factor in our lives. I realize I simply want to support that and encourage even deeper mindfulness as we continue to stand as conduits for light to shine into this world. It is vital that we never underestimate the power of personal presence. And that was basically speaking of Ukraine and working with the suffering, the pattern of suffering of Ukraine and trying to shine some light there, which it was a beautiful message and mindfulness. You know, just be present. How do you feel about the situation? What do you wish for the people of Ukraine? But what I thought was interesting was that we didn't talk about the other side. What about the other side? What about the, what about Russia? Uh, oh my! I can't I can't believe you said their name. No. <laughs> yes. Because it is you know mass versus unmass, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, uh, people there for Ukraine and people there are against Ukraine. I don't think there's even a, I haven't heard anybody say, I'm for Russia. <laughs> Is right, it there you right. are for, you know? Um, so in contrast to this message, I saw another thread by uh, the Yum Naturals Telegram group, which is a great group by Dr. Amanda Vollmer. And she was just kind of curious about, okay, uh, that's interesting what's happening in Ukraine. Yes, there's a lot of support for Ukraine. I mean, the U.S. has sent a bunch of money over there. But we knew that when the election was going on, there was some shenanigans happening 
with uh, the Bidens in Ukraine. Right. So I'm going to read her post. So it's a little long. So bear with me. So she says, I shared this story two years ago on this day below. And we'll share the story she's talking about in the show notes regarding Ukraine and their baby smuggling practices, as well as Planned Parenthood. Ukraine is a hotbed for all sorts of heinous and illegal activities for all those waving the flag of Ukraine because it's the next thing to virtual signal, know that this country is a hotbed for money laundry as well. Leo, do you want to read some on the, of the post? Yeah, sure. Yeah, here. Second paragraph there. Okay. Meanwhile, the Russian government supports kin domains, which is giving free land to its citizens for growing food, currently only in a specific region since 2016, and recently pulling out of the Council of Europe. I do understand that Putin was involved with the WEF, not just him, but dozens of Russian elites attending Davos, and many businesses have aligned with the WEF. This was established well before Putin's reign, but has since been removed, and all Russian participants have been shunned from Davos meetings. You have to pay big bucks to be a WEF partner, so they just took a big pay cut. I am sure that won't matter much to billionaires, certainly, but it is worth mentioning. So what is going on? It is important to ask questions in all things, especially when we think we know something. I am wary of sweeping statements like, they are all in on it, or just pessimistically believing they hold all the power and control and manipulate everybody all the time. From what I can see, there are massive egos involved with all sorts of sub-agendas. Are we saying they all just get along all the time and there is never any infighting, disagreements, or power grabs? These are nasty, maniacal leaders for the most part. Do we really believe they will all fall in line obediently? So is this just a good guy, bad guy routine, as we have seen Putin aligning himself with many of the demonic elite? What would be the purpose of trying to make some of us trust him while using propaganda to make the majority of the world hate him? Did he align himself with the demons posturing for popularity, or does it really mean he's into the New World Order plan? Has he and his party been planning something else? Do we really know? I know they love to make chaos and cause confusion, but something is not lining up here. If someone was supporting the New World Order fully, what would be the purpose of pulling out their treaties, contracts, like the Council of Europe? Why would WEF Davos shun him? so harshly, and not just him, the dozens of CEOs, billionaires, and politicians that have been attending Davos and forming their own WEF branches for decades, well before Putin was on the scene, if he was in alignment with them. Why would SWIFT dump Russia? Is it just a show, or is there more to the situation? If we are being manipulated here, how so? To what end? Just to make war? Just to manipulate currencies? Just to muddy the waters? Or did Russia piss them off by ending certain contracts? Did Russia piss them off by endangering their Ukrainian schemes and connections? Did Russia piss them off by not making the COVID shot mandatory? Did Putin piss them off by not posturing in public, virtue signaling his taking of the Sputnik vaccines? Did the New World Order clan members send secret codes to Putin and tell him to agitate their schemes in Ukraine? If so, why would they do that? Were they being found out and needed to burn the evidence? Is that Putin's role here? All questions here. I don't apologize for any of the system leaders. I am asking these questions because I can't seem to make sense of the scenario, and I am trying to work through this, putting all biases aside and coming at the problem fresh. I appreciate all your input and well-formed thoughts. Evidence to back any claims is welcome. Please first read the Politico article before commenting as well. All contentious topics, please be civil and mindful with your communications. Mm -hmm. And if you go, we'll put our Telegram group on the show notes as well because she had the political article there you could read and inspect more. But I thought it was interesting that she is not saying you know good guy bad guy right she's asking a ton of questions and she's saying okay like there's a lot of evidence that here ukraine has done some bad stuff you know and P 
Putin is no saint either, right. you know? But again, why is there this aligning that one is good, the other one is bad. bad or right or wrong? And who knows the backstory there? Who knows the backstory with these people? So what it boils down really is the beliefs. What does it serve us better that um, the, the first email we wrote, they probably honestly believe that Ukraine is like the, uh, the uh, how do you say that when the, it's the, oh my gosh, I forgot, Goliath versus, oh, David, David versus, versus Goliath. Goliath, is Ukraine David and Russia Goliath, what, what, what's going on in there? They still did honorable thing, let's, you know, pray for Ukraine and work with Ukraine, but is there some judgment bias behind that you know because is is then is that pure or is that virtual signaling signaling or is it just maybe unconscious virtual signal uh, signaling even though we're talking about mindfulness yeah well i mean i i when you first brought it up i was just, it, it really clicked for me it's like okay so we're we're defining, even though we take it for granted, you know, we'd certainly take it for granted. We're, we're defining who is the the bad guy, who is the good guy, when in reality, it's a lot of, I mean, this is a belief as well, but I mean, it, it, there are a lot of shady people involved. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So, I yeah. mean, to, to just kind of plant the flag in the ground and say that, you know, this is who you root for and this is who you don't. Yeah. I mean, me, I, I'm not rooting for either. You know, I'm rooting for peace. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to see people put arms down. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But but uh, uh, I think that the people at the helm on both sides are... Because like you said, or, or actually like Amanda said in, in the write-up there, you know, they were all in cahoots yeah. before and nobody's talking about, well, what has happened? What has happened, you know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, what, what has changed? There were all these alliances, there were all, there was all this bridge building, and now we're just supposed to believe that uh, mm-hmm. Putin's... Is it even important? Because if anybody, if nobody was really paying attention... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just one more, one more of the schemes of divide and conquer. You know, we got to pick a side, and the side of... Ukraine, you were the good guy, the side of the mask, you're the good guy, the side of the vaccine, you're good, you're altruistic, you're doing your part. In the other side, you're not doing your part, you're probably a bad person. And Well, it, it is interesting, because as we're talking through this, I'm, I'm, I'm getting glimpses of all these other conversations that I've had, and it's like, I have so many people that just tell me, you know, it's like... Um, well, look, that's too, it's too in the weeds. We can't, we, we can't really get to the bottom of any of right. that. We can't. So, so you know what? It's, and we, I think that's true. We just need to put it in buckets and we need to move on with our lives. So this is, you know, this is the Ukraine good, Russia bad bucket, you know, and, and, and yay, we hold our flags up and mm-hmm. we, we move forward and we don't really yeah. inspect it at all, you yeah. know, and, and yeah, there are always innocent. What is the benefit of inspecting? Well, I mean, the benefit of inspecting is is that, you know, along the lines of like the, if we're talking about the Ukraine um, situation, uh, there's a lot of other stuff happening, right? We're talking about economic stuff. So, you know, like we're seeing this stuff around gas, which gas was already on the rise before the situation in Ukraine broke out and inflation was on the rise. So, I mean, it's like now we're, we're seeing that incursion to to be blamed for the uh the difficulties that we're having economically here Mm -hmm. and so then you know people are uh creating division over why that's happening Mm -hmm. you know and so it never gets any better but if you can see through that you say okay look there's a lot going on here there's a lot of moving parts Mm -hmm. and uh this isn't as easy as it's one person's fault or you know the like i said there's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of interested parties that are involved in this, and you you have to know that because otherwise you're you're going to get caught up in the drama really easily and just you know be part of the raving mob, you know who's who's saying let's go in and attack Putin or let's mm-hmm. you know do this or that. So I mean it, it's important I think to to see that gray area because then that gives you pause 
and then uh, um, and I think what you're saying putting the perspective instead of I think that uh, what I want and what I don't want feels like you're owning it yeah where good or bad is like you're just blaming well and, and I think when you when you change the wording what I want what I don't want you're also more I think you're more apt to be able to change if you if you classify that as okay I don't want that mm-hmm. I can change to say oh okay I'm seeing it differently mm-hmm. I want that now I mean we've had that happen over mm-hmm. and over again mm-hmm. you know uh, in our lives uh, and, and and but when you say something is bad it's like you're changing a uh, it's, it's like you're not you're it's like not you're cha- part of the equation. Well, and now you think it's good. It's almost like you're 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 changing. It's like a it's a moral dilemma almost. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're having to change a whole substructure, you know, within your 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 thought patterns. And and I think what I was what I was mentioning earlier in the episode. I don't know if, actually I don't know if it's in this recording or the previous one. You know, we we talked about shame a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think that that uh, a lot of people are create they they are they learn beliefs through shame mm-hmm. and shame has a very short term uh pro to those people who are teaching those lessons to others like you know when we're teaching our kids lessons shame sometimes gets you what you want immediately but it's a mm-hmm. piss poor long term solution mm-hmm. and then those people build up a lot of resentment and a lot of times then you you got worse problems later on in life you know yeah. because of that and so I, I know me, I, I've, I've got a lot of, um, I think that, you know, Catholics get made fun of too, because mm-hmm. you know, they say that shame is kind of a mechanism, you know yeah. what I mean, it, within the Catholic faith, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay, we're just going to wag our finger, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get a tattoo because of this, you shouldn't do this because of that, blah, blah, blah. And, and so, you know, I have a lot of that in my um, upbringing, I mean, certainly not you know, an experience like the girl early on had or anything like that. But I mean, um, just the shame of how you establish your belief structures. And when I learned the ability to look at the nuance of how the belief is structured, then I'm able to change that when I want to do it. And so I think that it can only be a positive if we teach people how to be able to do that. And I think, you know, we got into a little bit of a back and forth on the Telegram group, you know, where we were talking about morality, right and wrong, good, uh, bad. And, and we went down a rabbit hole in the, the first recording of this episode that, that I was not very happy with. And, and um, so we wanted to take another shot at it. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, what I'm pushing for is I'm not saying that, you know, we, we're not going to have structured rules in society, mm-hmm. right? But I'm saying we've got to be willing to inspect and ask those questions, just like Amanda's asking of this whole Ukraine-Russia uh, uh, situation. Or how the psychologist was approaching the little girl. Yeah, yeah, he, he kept, he, he, you know, why do you do that? And why is that important, mm-hmm. you know? And why, why does that have to lead to that in your mind, you know? And, and these are important things, and you can have light bulbs go off for the people who are receiving the, the, the treatment um, or people who are doing the research. You know, light bulbs go off when you're willing to ask the next question. But a lot of times we, we get, um, that process gets circumvented by that shame mechanism and uh, I know that's happened to me, and that's why I think I have a lot of animosity toward organized religion, because I think shame is a... Uh, uh, that was our experience yeah. of organized religion. religion. Yeah, it's not necessarily everybody's experience, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely. So let's go to the next clip, which has to do with parenting. Okay, and do you want to give any... Uh, yeah, that's Amanda Vollmer again. Again. By the way, we're going to have her on the podcast mm-hmm. coming up. A couple of weeks. It's going to be a very epic episode. All right, well, let's listen to this one. Hey, this video is for my natural mamas out there. How do you deal with other families and, um, and parents and teachers and people like this in your, in your reality who continue to poison your child and call it love or call it a reward or call it a treat. As a holistic parent, as a health practitioner, 
as someone who has raised my child aside from any of the existing structures so that she could have a completely natural and normal uh, birth and development, I find now that she's 10, it's increasingly difficult to keep the poisons away from her because our market is flooded with poisons. Obviously, we live in a death cult. They package things prettily and push it on our children and push it on the adults too and uh, repackage poison as something as a reward or something that's beneficial to us uh, when it's exactly that it's it's poison which will lead to a disease state eventually sometimes immediately when my my daughter goes off to some of her relatives and she gets her hands on white sugar and fdnc food dyes and all kinds of crap when she's back, she goes through a cleanse right away. She'll have congestion and a cough and immediately she will go through a cleanse. And I, I know that we focus on our children and teaching them. And I, I have done everything I can to show her the correlation between when she poisons herself with this garbage and how she feels and the expression event. And this has happened three times in a row now. So I think it's sinking in for her, but still she goes to her school. She goes to her friend's house. She, there's peer pressure and all of her peers have parents that soft poison them that say, oh, you've been really good today. So here's a sucker with food dye and white sugar and other poisons that are going to damage your hormone systems, give you cancer later in life, damage your gut, damage your, um, activate your detox mechanisms so you're sick later. So you miss out on things in life because you're, you know, in bed or whatever. How are we continually blaming the outer world for marketing this to our kids, but we can't, we as a collective don't say no. We continue to buy it for them and we continue to, to mistake and, and mix this poison is love concept. It's really warped. Poison, poisoning my child is not loving. That is not love. That treat is not a treat. It's literally causing them inflammation, pain, and discomfort, and later disease. I don't understand it. I need a way to work around it. And I don't know how to bring it up to the groups because everybody does it like it's normal. It has to change. How do you feel about this one? Well, I mean, um, I think that, that uh, you know, we have, uh, we've gone through phases, right, where we were, we used to be, the most militant people on the planet. And my belief in the outer world, of course, of reflection was that, you know, why you do, like you're making your kids miserable. So we go to a birthday party. Like, remember, we would go to every birthday party that we went to and we would bring our own food. Right. So our kids would get invited and we would be those parents that came and did not let our kids eat the birthday party food. And a lot of people would, would see that as like, you're torturing your kids. Let them have a little fun. And I'm going to be honest, I, I still kind of buy into that a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, let's go do something fun. Mom, mom and dad had a hard day. Let's go get some ice cream. Well, I mean, it. it I keep coming back to this... Um, I keep coming back to this concept of... Um, I want to make sure that I, I use my words carefully here, but, but uh, anything in the moment can be rationalized. Mm -hmm. And... We are not, um, God, it, it is a tough one, but we, I, I can think of, of specific conversations I've had with people where, um, they're like, Oh, look, you got to live a little here, you know, and, and I'm, Everything I'm and I, and I buy into that too, yeah. a lot of times. Right. I mean, you know, like just uh, the last many times, seven, eight times I've, I've drank beer, I'm getting a horrible headache. Mm -hmm. The next day, horrible headache, you know, but then I'll still a do week later, I'll time. do it again, you know? And so it, same thing with me, like the chocolate. No, my, I get like this rash in my hands <laughs> with the sugar. Yeah. And tomorrow I'll have some more. <laughs> well, so, so I do think a lot of with our children, um, 
and I, I mean, I think with me, I mean, like I, I want to give my kids treats because I want treats. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, but why is that? Is there the belief that when we give our kids, because when they're babies, they don't know. Like to them, an avocado could be a tree. You know, right? Oh I mean? yeah, yeah. Right? How does it come to the? You do the treat. You're like, let's go do a treat, and they do that. They open that amazing smile right and they're so excited about the treat and then we're like okay i guess i'm not that bad of a parent look they're smiling but that's not good for them <laughs> well i mean i i think i think that there are, are a lot of people out there maybe even some listening yeah that 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 would say nothing that tastes that good could be bad for you and then i'm going to use the famous quote in moderation you know, that, that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are going to be saying that, you know, but, but, but here, and this is the point. And was, maybe for their kids, it's not. Well, but this is the point I was trying to make earlier was that we have this epidemic of chronic disease and yeah. you, and you don't get chronic disease by getting hit by lightning. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. do that. It's over patterns that you develop over you know, days and weeks and months and years of, of, of doing specific or eating specific things or participating in specific behaviors. And over time, the body uh, accumulates these toxins and then you have symptoms that you deal with. You have chronic to symptoms. cleanse. You have to cleanse. And, and so it's not like you eat a cupcake and you go to the hospital. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen. It's it's a progression over a long period of time. But by providing these things, which really have zero... I think it depends, too. It depends of, you know, our our children, our experience. And I like to, to explain it to them that way, that I say, okay, like, imagine that there's two kinds of cars. Okay, there's... Uh, a beater car that runs forever. It doesn't matter what kind of gasoline you put on it. The car is is good. It will run. It will run for a long time. And then you have your your Porsche. You know, it's a fancy car. The fancy car. You got to give this special fuel. You can't give the the bottom of the barrel fuel. Mm-hmm. You got to give this good fuel. And so they bought into that for a while. <laughs> and you know, my fault too, right? Because I relaxed. I was just sick of having to make everything they ate, which is sad because that was what made them strong and what helped them recover. Mm-hmm. But then I got to this point of convenience and now to this point where I'm always saying no to them. And the sugary foods, I mean, sugar is super addictive. Like it's the most addictive substance in the world. And it just also happens to be the one of the most sprayed crops right. in the world too. And you were the good guy when you do treats and you're the bad guy when you say no. So we established that somehow and we bought into that somehow. It's like a it's like the villain and the and, So the, the villain hero. is the one that's trying to do the right thing, right. but it's just exhausting because of the well, the propaganda and also let's take some ownership. Like I was just talking to our nutritionist the other day because uh, one of our kids is having, again, some episodes of eczema. And I was like, you know, and he's getting older, just like Amanda was talking about her her child. And like tomorrow he's going to go to the amusement park. And they were offering a hot lunch. And the hot lunch that all the kids are probably going to get and going to be excited about, it was complete garbage. And I'm like, am I going to be the bad guy? Because I'm going to say, hey you're not going to have the hot lunch. I'm not sending money. And I had to basically have a come to Jesus with the teacher and say, yeah, we're going to bring our lunch from home. <laughs> Why? Because we were the only one? I don't know. Okay. But I'm thinking that we might be the only ones. But at the same time, the nutritionist was like, well, if you don't want him to eat it, do you have it in your house? Right. And I do have it in my house. 
Oh, oh, really? We- no, I'm not talking about the the hot lunch. And I'm talking about the sugar and the treats. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You know, so it's not just the outer world. It's, there's some beliefs here that I believe that I am the parent that's always saying no and telling them that sugary foods and, you know, conventional flowers and all that is bad for them all the time and causing this conflict because the conflict is within me. Mm-hmm. And I am projecting to them because... We put them in the situations where we go to a restaurant, right? And then we're like, because we don't want to cook that night. So we're going to go to a restaurant. And then the food is probably not going to be the greatest quality. And they're going to eat. They're going to want to eat the things. And then I'm giving them a hard time because they're eating too much of it. Right. You know, but I mean, is it good or bad? Am I am I a bad person? Am I a bad parent? Yes. No, no, you're not. You're not. No, but I, but I mean, you're right. It, it, it's it's the conundrum, and what is? But the, that's uh, where we put ourselves in these buckets too. Mm-hmm. You know, good or bad, and then we get our kids to be to put themselves in that bucket of good or bad when they're making, you know, better choices with their food, and when they're not making. Well, and I, and I th- and, and, and again, I think the the inspection of it all is the important part, right? You know, you like, yeah. What do I want? I want them to think I'm awesome. Yeah. And sometimes I would just do the easiest, you know. Let's go get a tree. But it's not a good long term solution. <laughs> it's right. It's, it's like the it's, it's like the shaming. It's like the shaming. It's yeah. like the shaming. But it still is what I want. What do I want? I want them to think I'm the best mom ever. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want them to be sick all the time. Right. So what do you want more? Where do you where do you fall in that? Yeah, no, and I I Cuz we have lots of no <laughs> battles no. over that. No, over and the I years. And, and I think that that um what what did the listening to her spark in you? No, I mean, I think she's she's right. I mean, and I and and I think what's great about her, you know, we featured her a, a couple of times, I think, mm-hmm. on other episodes. She's pretty blunt. I, yeah, she's very blunt, very blunt. Yeah. She just uh, look, you don't like it, you don't like it, okay? Yeah. But but I mean, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think a lot of people maybe listening to her are saying, okay, God, she's she's off the deep end. That's she's militant as hell. You know, mm-hmm. come on, you 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 got to be flexible, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, 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 I keep coming back to this thought. Well, you know, really, really successful people, doesn't really matter what they're successful in. It could be economically, could be, um, you know, accolades, could be uh, uh, just their smarts. You know, they are relentless. You know what I mean? They don't they don't they don't just do it as a hobby and then and then screw off. You know, so I mean, like if we talk about our health, if that's what's important, you know, taking mm-hmm. care of this temple. Yeah. You know, then. You're you're not going to beat it up, but I mean, I'm going to tell you, I I don't do the you best job with that. To, you don't have to put yourself in good or bad categories. You just yeah, you just got to figure out what you want. And I think at the end of the day, too, I mean, it's still your best guess. You know, maybe your child does need to go through that experience of eating something that's not great, and then feeling lo- the having the awareness that hey. I just ate that. It wasn't good for me. Maybe I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, we have been all over the board today. Yeah, we, we've kind of covered yeah. a lot of just different, different scenarios. Yeah, and 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 I think that. Um, and again, I, I I mentioned even in the Telegram group that these things were going to be difficult to talk through. I haven't developed a presentation around it, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm. I think what I do kind of keep coming back to is it is this. In anything that you're doing, are you always checking in and inspecting that belief? You know, why do I think that's relevant here? Why? Or do you even know there's a belief? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think a lot of people don't realize it. They, you know, that famous quote, the Viktor Frankl quote. You know, there's a. I I, God, I should have wrote it down, but you know, there, there, there is a. a You can paraphrase it. Yeah, it's something like uh, there is a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, we have the power to choose. And 
that's what it is. I mean, there is a choice happening. Mm -hmm. We are often saying that we are just reacting and this reaction is what has to happen, but no, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, you've developed that pathway and you are, you are choosing that you're, 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 you know, one-on-one with that thought and you're choosing it every time. And, And if you stopped and slowed things down, you could choose something different. Like the little girl. Like the she little girl, yeah. Things down. Well, she learned what she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, she learned that mechanism, and then she realized, oh, okay, look, I can take that program out, and I can put a different program in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I mean, she has support there. Yeah, to do it, but and so I think my, as adults we can do it. Yeah, and I think like to to like the, those of you that are in the Telegram group, I think what I'm getting at is not that okay, we don't have laws that we've all agreed on and things of that nature, like rules, but we're also able to critically think. I don't think we're teaching that, you know, and and part of critical thinking is understanding how our mechanisms work in our brain, Mm -hmm. how we come to see that this belief is one that serves me versus it doesn't, Mm -hmm. and uh, and checking in with it and saying, look, do those supporting uh, facts and beliefs that we're using to hold up that Mm-hmm. core belief do those are do those still resonate and i know that many times when i've inspected those things i don't believe the things that i'm using to support them mm-hmm. so then you you pick those bricks out of the foundation the whole thing falls apart and it's like okay i don't have to i don't have to believe it anymore but but some people are very scared i mean we run into people like we, we we've talked obviously on this podcast at length around you know, vaccination and stuff. And, and, and so many people have so much invested in this um, house of cards belief. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want to touch it. So they scream and yell because if they have to look at it closely and dive into it, I mean, th- that, that house will fall. It will. It will fall down and they don't want that to happen. So you, you just... Because you just, it's hard to believe that because you didn't expect something, you may have may have chosen Hurt your child yeah well yeah exactly with and that, that i struggle with that you know but i every but day. i don't know that that was uh would you say that that was um you did something well you i had... didn't believe in me i believed i didn't believe in my intuition i didn't believe that i could figure this out on my own i believed my doctor was who knew and i basically put the faith of my child in their hand and it turned out that they didn't, they didn't know. know. Yeah. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. But I mean, and at the same time, like we talked about at the beginning, how can we look at this situation and and and, mm-hmm. and see it as how can all, we change the belief? And yeah, I'm working, I'm working on that one. <laughs> you know, because we would not be here. We would not be podcasting, that's most right. likely. We would not be we would just be in. I mean, again, we don't know what we would be, but but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure in a parallel universe. Yeah, we're, we're experiencing that other, that other option. <laughs> yeah, yes, we're living in um, <laughs> Boca Raton, and uh, the kids have soccer camp uh, on the weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure it exists in the multiverse. Yeah. So, well, hey. I think we probably summed it up. We did. So um, another episode on the on the books, books. and and uh, again, if you liked, we had those two segments today with Amanda Vollmer. We'll be interviewing her coming up mid month, and then it'll it'll publish sometime shortly after that. that. Should be an interesting one. We've got some other ones that you've started to line up mm-hmm. with scheduling, and then uh, something I did want to do is a house cleaning item. I mentioned it the first time we recorded, and I didn't do it here. Um, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And on the previous episode that we talked about the World Economic Forum, we did have a clip with um, the CEO of Pfizer, uh, Albert Borla, which was we found out after the fact it had been doctored, and they somehow uh, deep faked the audio, and he was uh, made it sound like he was talking about population reduction, uh, when in reality he was talking about pharmaceutical drug cost reduction and or so, maybe it was the opposite yeah who, who, maybe maybe that maybe they sent <laughs> they're like out. oh no that didn't sound good let's talk but we we, we i think that albert borla says plenty 
uh, you know, in reality to skewer himself <laughs> that we don't want. Maybe he was extremely abused as a child. Yeah, who knows? But we 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 knew there was something off about that clip when we put it in. We probably shouldn't have done it, but it was just. But we did call it out. We said we hope it gets debunked. And you know what? I'm grateful. Yes, yes, because that, that would have been he scary is as not hell trying to real. kill fifty percent of the population, or is he? Yeah, well, or or <laughs> at least he's not. Um, saying it publicly because that would be very very scary so albert until next time all right fabby what do you want to tell everybody hey everybody thanks for listening stay healthy stay safe and stay curious